As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello everyone, I'm Jeff and welcome to History and Factoids About Today presented by Cool Media. Today is June 17th. We have 136 days until Halloween. And if you suffer from lacanophobia, today is not your day. That means you have a fear of vegetables and today is National Eat Your Vegetables Day. It's a day of awareness of the nutrition and the vegetables play a part in all of us for healthy living. So I'm sure all of us have at least one vegetable that we like, and we can celebrate by eating that. It's better than gorging on fudge like National Fudge Day yesterday. Or you can celebrate by going to the farmer's market, going to a vegetarian restaurant, just enjoy eating healthy for a day. And no, no deep-fried vegetables today. That kind of takes away the point of it. Okay, let's go do some pop culture. Let's go back to 1972. Let's listen to Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. had the number one hit in the country with The Candyman. Let's go over to the country chart and listen to some Donna Fargo. Yes, Donna Fargo was the happiest girl in the whole USA. You were reading in 72, you were reading The Word. That was by Irving Wallace. Top movie out there was Shaft's Big Score, featuring Richard Roundtree. And uh, let's see, in 1971, the previous year, Carol King's Tapestry, it went number one for 15 straight weeks. Soon within my tapestry along the rutted road. He sat down on a Okay, in 2018, just two years ago, I think a lot of you with kids will know this, The Incredibles 2 was released. That actually made a little bit of money. Hey, did you know the fortune cookies were invented in San Francisco? Just a side note here. Hey, on June 17th, Mumtaz Mahal died when she was at 38. She was the empress and consort of the Mughal Empire. She was married to Shah Jahan. And Mumtaz, she became Shah, the Shah's second wife when she, in 1612 at 19. See, Jean Jahan, he was basically a prince waiting to become the emperor. And he was expected to have more than one wife at the time. And he ended up with three. And two of them, they were just basically political alliances. And he 
basically had a kid with each of them and then just gave them allowance and they were only allowed to show allowed to show up for like important official gatherings um but Mumtaz she was the light of his life he loved her wholeheartedly and uh when he became the emperor in 1628 he changed her name she was actually made named Arjuman Banu and he changed her name to Mumtaz Mahal which meant exalted of the palace. And he also declared her king of the world. So you can tell that, that he loved her. Mumtaz is pretty busy, too. From the time they were married in 1612 to 1631, that's 18 years, they had 14 kids. I think he kind of figured out how Mumtaz probably died, huh? Okay, well, in 1631, Mumtaz was with her husband as he was on a fighting campaign on the Deacon Plateau. She went into labor with her 14th child, and she bled to death afterwards. After her death, Shah, he was pretty inconsolable. He went into seclusion for a year. He was only 40 at the time, but when he came back after the year, his hair had turned white, and he was bent, and his face was very worn. And So his daughters and everybody tried to get him to shape back up. But all he could do is he commissioned the building of the Taj Mahal. Now, Taj Mahal isn't what he called it. Um, it was basically Mahal, his wife. And the Taj was actually named by the builders who were building it. When they'd ask him, you know, what is that? He, they'd just say the Taj Mahal. It was short for Mamtaz. So anyway, the Shah, Shah, he never meant for anyone else to be entombed there. So and he made this great, enorm enormous castle. But in the crypt, um, everything was symmetrical around Mumtaz's, her coffin. And then when he died, his son decided, well, I'm just going to put him with Mumtaz and uh, not build him his own crypt, basically. And uh, so they're side by side. That's why it's not cylindrical. It's just in the center of the main building. But all around it's the innate palaces and all that kind of stuff. Because where there are, due to Muslim tradition, you're not allowed to have elaborate decorations on graves. So their crypt is pretty, pretty plain, but I guess the rest of it makes up for it. And their faces are turned to the right, and so they are facing Mecca. So that's the Taj Mahal. 22 years to build that thing, too. Hey, did you know that on average the American opens the refrigerator 22 times a day? Good, me neither. Seems like a little much. Hey, in 1775, the Battle of Bunker Hill took place. Um... During, in the beginning of the American Revolution, the British had a siege on siege in Boston going, and uh, the bunk, Bunker Hill and next to it was Breedsell. They were the objective of both the colonial and the British troops. Say the majority of the fighting took place on Breedsell, basically, even though it's called Bunker Hill. See, the colonists knew that the British were trying to put troops on all the hills surrounding Boston, and that would give them the British control over Boston Harbor. So in the dark of night, 1,200 colonial soldiers, they made their ways up and fortified Breedsill and Bunker Hill. Well, the next morning, the British got up and saw that, so they decided to just launch an all-out attack. Well, the colonists on Breedsill, they were able to repel the first two assaults, so they did pretty good. Except on the third assault, the colonists ran out of ammunition, and they had to f retreat over Bunker Hill and flee into, flee into Cambridge. It was a costly victory for the British, too. They had a lot of casualties, and there really weren't a whole lot on the colonial side. 
And, but the even more casualty that was inflicted on the British was the inexperienced colonial troops now knew that they could fight with the British. All they needed was more, more bullets. <laughs> okay. Hey, do you know people who love to eat life, eat ice, are called pagophagics? And if you have a fear of ice, you're a pagophobia. Okay. 1939, see, when Captain Cook basically, quote-unquote, discovered Hawaii, well, Christian ministries had to go and rescue all those poor Hawaiians. And so they came, all the missionaries came over there to save the Hawaiians. Well, when the Catholics showed up in 1829, the other missionaries were already there. And they had the natives turn against the Catholics. And so the Catholics were basically um, persecuted really hard by the natives and the, the previous ministers. And it got pretty bad. And even the Hawaiians who converted to Catholicism, they would be attacked and everything like that. Well, France at the time, they had a, they were really strong Catholic. So they sent a ship over there to try and calm things down. And when they saw the ship, the king of Hawaii, okay, here we go, Kamehamecheya Aditati, he issued a, a decree, basically, that said that if the Hawaiian Islands granted tolerance to Roman Catholics and they could worship in the Hawaiian Islands. And that called them to prove that the Hawaiians were going to be nice to the Catholics. They gave them land to build a church. So the Catholics started building a church in 1840. And uh, that cathedral is called the Our Holy of Peace Cathedral. And it's still standing today. And it's supposedly the oldest Catholic cathedral in the United States that's been in continuous use. All you college kids like this one. In 1901, the college board introduced their first standardized test and ended up being the SAT. So, hey, you know the very first patented service uniform that was ever patented in the United States was the Playboy Bunny uniform. Hey, basketball fans, in 1976, four ABA teams, the New Jersey Nets, the Indiana Pacers, the Denver Nuggets, and the San Antonio Spurs merged into the NBA. And that ended the ADA, so the NBA had all basketball to themselves. 1994, after a slow-speed chase in a white Bronco, O.J. Simpson was arrested for the murder of his wife and Ron Goldman. We know how that turned out. In 2012, Rodney King from the L.A. Riots fame, can't we just get along? He was found dead in a swimming pool, drowned to death. The autopsy revealed that alcohol... Cocaine and PCP were a contributing factor to his drowning. And a sadder note to him drowning, it, he died 28 years to the date that his father was found dead in his bathtub. So not fun. Let's do some birthdays. 19, or 1923, Elroy Crazy Lake Hirsch was born in Wausau, Wisconsin. He was an all-American running back, and he had kind of a unique running style. And early on, a commentator said, Hey, look at that guy with the crazy legs go. That's how I got the nickname. He started off at the University of Michigan and after became an All-American. Or no, he started off, I'm sorry, at Wisconsin. And when he joined the Navy, they transferred him to Michigan. And if you're a Big Ten football fan, you know that you don't go from Wisconsin to Michigan. But he became an All-American there. Then after the war, he became a member of the NFL Hall of Famer. And uh, he, Elroy was once asked about his nickname, Crazy Legs, and he said, well... Anything's better than being called Elroy. So, positive spin. Hey, did you know the word strength is the longest English word with only one vowel? I honestly thought it would have been longer. 
1943, Newton Leroy Gingrich was born in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We all know the Newt. He was a former Speaker of the House of Representatives. He was, represented Georgia from 79 to 99. Now he's a political commentator. Hey, if I told you that one of the most selling artists of all time was called Barry Allen Pincus, would you know who he is? Okay, how about now? So you can move. Music fills your heart. Well, that's a real fine place to start. It's from me, it's for you, it's from you, it's for me, it's the world. Yep, I know, you know, I'm as Barry Manilow. He was born in Brooklyn, New York in 1973. He sold over 75 million albums, had 13 number ones, and 46 top 40 hits. So Barry's done pretty well for himself. Little side note, nothing to do with Barry. In Alaska, it's legal to hunt bears, but it's illegal to wake them up. So there. 1951, the most buffed comedian of all time, Joe Piscopo, was born in Passaic, New Jersey. You probably remember him from Saturday Night Live. Did some stand-up comedy. I think now he's a radio talk show host out in New York. 1954, that total awesome actor Mark Lynn Baker was born in St. Louis, Missouri. The only reason I bring him up was last week we talked about Bronson Pinchot's birthday. And you remember the show Perfect Strangers? Bronson Pinchot played Balky. Remember he had that sidekick cousin? You remember his cousin's name? Yeah, probably not. Well, Larry Appleton. That's pretty much all that Mark Lynn Baker ever did. Another actor, John Grease, was born in Glendale, California in 1957. He's only famous because he was Uncle Rico in the movie Napoleon Dynamite. Hey, you know that space between your nostrils? It's actually called a columellan. So it actually has a name. 1963, Greg Kinnear was born in Logansport, Indiana. Greg, he started off in Talk Soup. Probably remember him winning the Academy Award for As Good As It Gets. Him and Helen Hunt both won Academy Awards for that. Greg's also been in Sabrina, Someone Like You, We Were Soldiers, Little Miss Sunshine. He's had a pretty good career. 1965, Dan Johnson, West Elise, Wisconsin. If you're not into the Olympics or speed skating, you won't know who Dan is, but Dan was one of the top uh, speed skaters of that time, the 80s to the 90s. And but he never did well in the Olympics. In his third, he never got even got a medal. And in his third Olympics, his very last race was supposed to be the 1,000 meter, and that was his worst event. So they just assumed that he wasn't going to do much, and he was going to be one of those stories where he did good and everything except the Olympics. Well, he had the race of his lifetime, set an Olympic and world record, and won his only medal of the games or the Olympic games, which was a gold. So, I guess perseverance, huh? 1980, Venus Williams was born. It's hard to believe Venus is 40, huh? She's born in Linwood, California. Know her? If you don't know her, she's a tennis stud. Venus turned pro at 14. She's won Wimbledon five times, so you know she likes playing on the grass. So the poor Venus, her little sister, got the edge on her. They faced each other 30 times, and Serena's won 18 out of 12. But I think the one that... Uh, probably hurts the most is they've been in nine Grand Slam titles and Serena's won seven and Venus won two. So that'd be kind of tough to take over Thanksgiving dinner, huh? Little sister out doing you. Okay, what's the only number that when you spell it out in English has the exact same number of letters as the value of the number? 
That would be four. Okay, all you fishermen down in Texas, you want to construct an underwater barrier reef to help with the fishing? Just remember, it's Texas law that any artificially constructed underwater reef in Texas must come with an instruction booklet. So there. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Um, as always, come see us on coolmedia.com. That's cool with three O's. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Let's leave with a quote from Benjamin Franklin. Um, One today is worth two tomorrows. You all have a very great day. I'll talk to you later. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.